This is the review of the GC2 trial. Alteplase versus streptokinase and heparin versus no heparin in patients with acute MI. The author, Dr. Andrew Foy. This is John Mandrola. Background. Large trials up to this point had established a role of thrombolytic therapy and aspirin in patients with acute myocardial infarction or MI. The next question centered on the different types of thrombolytic agents as well as the merits of adding high-dose heparin to aspirin following revascularization. Data from smaller trials showed that Alteplase, TPA, had a higher recanalization rate at 90 minutes compared to streptokinase, or SK. Recanalization is a surrogate endpoint. A person doesn't necessarily care whether their artery is open or not at 90 minutes, but instead whether they live or die and how well they live in the aftermath of a heart attack. The GC2 trial, Lancet, 1990, sought to test the hypothesis that TPA would reduce the composite hard endpoint of mortality and extensive LV dysfunction compared to streptokinase, and that heparin plus aspirin compared to aspirin alone would do the same. Patients. Patients were eligible for GC2 who presented with chest pain and ST segment elevation of greater than one millimeter in any limb of the ECG and or greater than 2 millimeters in any precordial leads and were admitted to the CCU within 6 hours from the onset of symptoms. Absolute contraindications included recent or current bleeding, stroke within the previous 6 months, a surgical or invasive procedure or trauma within the previous 2 weeks, uncontrolled hypertension, or previous treatment with SK within 6 months. Baseline characteristics The number of patients who were admitted to CCUs with acute MI over the study period was 38,086, and 12,490, or 33%, were ultimately enrolled. Reasons for exclusion included more than six hours from the onset of symptoms, 61%, contraindications, tolytic therapy, 15%, unlikely to have an acute MI, 13%, Administrative reasons, 5%, ST depressions, and 4%, and 1% were not reported. Similar to the GC1 trial, which also provided information on patients enrolled versus those who were not, women were more likely to be excluded, 30% of excluded versus 20% of enrolled, as were patients older than the age of 70, 41, versus 22%, and the death rate of those excluded was higher, 11%, Uh, versus 9%. Approximately 80% of patients enrolled were under the age of 70. Patients with inferior MI, which was 34%, and anterior MI, 31%, composed more than half of the cohort. 72% of patients presented within three hours of symptom onset, and over 95% of enrolled patients had KILIP scores of two or below, with the vast majority being KILIP 1, or that was 78%. Procedures. Immediately following randomization, half of all patients received either 1.5 million units of streptokinase infused over one hour or 100 milligrams of TPA infused over three hours. Since this was a 2 by 2 factorial design trial, half of all patients received 12,500 units of sub-Q heparin twice daily starting 12 hours after the beginning of the TPA or streptokinase infusion and to be continued until the hospital discharge. 
All patients without specific contraindications were recommended to receive oral aspirin 325 milligrams per day and 5 to 10 milligrams of IV atenolol even before randomization as soon as evolving MI was diagnosed. Endpoints. The combined primary endpoint consisted of all-cause mortality plus the number of patients who had late day four or later clinical congestive heart failure or extensive LV damage, LV ejection fraction less than 35% in the absence of clinical heart failure. Results, 12,490 patients were randomized from 223 CCUs in Italy. Alteplase did not significantly reduce the composite primary endpoint compared to SK overall. The relative risk, 1.04%. Uh, it was 23.1% versus 22.5% to 95% conference intervals, range from 0.9 to 1.13. The, there was no difference in any important subgroup based on hours from symptom onset or site and type of infarct. Alteplase did not significantly reduce any of the individual components of the combined endpoint, including death, 9.0 versus 8.6%. There was no differences in adverse events or post-infarction in-hospital complications between patients receiving alteplase or streptokinase. Heparin also did not significantly reduce the composite primary endpoint. Relative risk, 0.99. Absolute values, 22.7 versus 22.9%. 95% conference intervals, 0.91 to 1.08. Data on subgroups were not presented for the comparison of heparin versus controls. Regarding individual components of the primary endpoint, heparin was associated with a reduction in death, 8.3 versus 9.3%. However, the authors do not present results of statistical tests for it. It should be noted that the trial was specifically designed to detect a 15% reduction in the primary endpoint, which was estimated to occur in about 20% of patients. Over 25,000 patients would need to be enrolled to detect a 1% difference in death at the event rates noted for this comparison based on normal confidence intervals. The authors were right to not emphasize this difference. Unlike the comparison of alteplase versus streptokinase, heparin did increase total bleeding events, relative risk 1.87, absolute values 10.6 versus 5.9%, 95% conference intervals 1.65 to 2.13, which translates to a number needed to harm of only 21 patients. This difference was driven primarily by minor bleeding events from from an absolute standpoint. However, the difference in major bleeding events was also statistically significant. There were no significant differences between groups in post-infarct in-hospital complications. Conclusions. Alteplase did not reduce the primary composite endpoint of death, clinical heart failure, or extensive LV dysfunction in patients with AMI treated within six hours of symptom onset, nor did it cause significant harm compared to the old standard streptokinase. Furthermore, the use of therapeutic heparin did not reduce events compared to control, but did significantly increase harm, mainly via minor bleeding events with a number needed to harm of approximately 20 patients. These results are notable for several reasons. First, it shows the importance of testing interventions in large-scale trials that are based on hard outcomes and not surrogate endpoints. Existing evidence supported the superiority of alteplase over streptokinase for vessel patency at 90 minutes 
And while it was presumed to be important, it did not translate to any meaningful improvements in outcomes that actually matter to patients, such as staying alive and being free of heart failure. The true danger of adopting practices based on surrogate endpoints will be highlighted in our next trial, but it is worth remembering the lessons from GC2 in this regard. The second takeaway of this trial involves patient selection. Note how patient selection was narrowed in GC2 compared to GC1. This was done for the purpose of detecting a smaller benefit. Patients were excluded if they presented six hours or more of following symptom onset. As a result, the overall mortality rate was lower in this trial for all patients compared to those who received thrombolysis in GC1. As a general rule, detecting smaller benefits requires more careful patient selection. On the other hand, however, it limits external validity, generalizability of results. Had this trial been positive, it would have only applied to patients presenting less than six hours from symptom onset, and the majority of patients present outside this window. See baseline characteristics. Finally, a point about beta blocker use in acute MI is worth pointing out here. Despite the fact that immediate intravenous atenolol was recommended for all patients, unless contraindicated, only 45% of patients in GC2 received it. This is far less than the overall percent of patients that would be predicted based on the Killip scale at randomization. Remember, 78% of patients were Killip 1. This reflects the fact that the evidence for beta blockade in acute MI was and still is limited to highly selected patients as we discussed in our prior reviews of the BHAT and ISIS-1 trials. The present day indiscriminate use of beta blockers in acute MI is not justified based on evidence from clinical trials.